welcome to the weekly podcast of Trinity Life Church. We are a local church that gathers in downtown Toronto on Sundays and all throughout our city during the week. Now our mission is to help people discover their identity and destiny in Christ so we can influence our city, our country, and our world. If you're looking for a place to call home, we'd love to have you. Our services are Sunday from 10.30 to noon at Jarvis Collegiate. Enjoy this week's podcast. So I'm going to read the passage of Scripture uh, from, from John chapter 13 today. And this is the passage of Jesus washing the disciples' feet that Joyce then alluded to earlier. Beginning in verse 12, it says, When he, Jesus, had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I've done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right. For so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to, wa- ought to wash one another's feet. For I've given you an example that, ye- that you also should do just as I've done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you. Oh, that's it. I'll finish that, because it's good. We, we, we can always use more scripture, right? Come on. Let's, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for these words that you gave to us. Thank you that you've shown us what true leadership is, that it is about being a servant. It is not about lording over people and exercising authority over people, but is by, that it is all about serving other people. Thank you that you've shown us an example that, that a servant leader is not a leader who serves, but a servant who leads out of that. And I pray that you'd make us those type of people. And so take us into this next time to, to hear about that and to hear your voice and trust it and obey it. We ask in your name. Amen. I'm new at this. And if you're new at the church with us, then, then you may not know this. But many of you do know that um, when Mike starts out his sermons... He, he starts with a story or an illustration that he ties into what he's speaking on. And more often than not, it kind of leaves me like shrinking in the seat, like shaking my head like, did he just say that? Like, oh my goodness, like I'm so embarrassed. But, but um, so then I was like, okay, this is my chance. Like, <laughs> I am. I thought, wow, this is my moment. We're going to have, like, true role reversal, you know? Um, But then I got to thinking, guys, and I was like, "Ah," you know, even if I tied in, like, his most embarrassing story, which, because I'm merciful, I couldn't do. But um, (laughs) even if I did that, like, guys, he would just own it. Like, he wouldn't, like, shake his head. He'd be like, that's me. Like, yeah. And, um... And that's just one of the things I love about you, babe. Like, you just own it. You're transparent. You, you know what you say is, is what you get with you. Like, you're just a great example for us week in and week out. So I'm sorry. There's no embarrassing story. <laughs> I set you up. But um, it's, it's uh, if you want one, just come see me later. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's no true role reversal because I just couldn't think of anything that would really get him like, oh, man, I can't believe she just said that. So... All right, we're talking about spiritual gifts today, and or we've been talking about spiritual gifts, 
I'm really excited about that. I've been super blessed by this series. I hope you guys have been too. But um, So I became a follower of Jesus about 20 years ago, and kind of shortly after that, I, I, I took um, a spiritual gifts assessment because our church was talking about it at the time, and I didn't really know what that was, so I took one of the assessments, and we've talked kind of a bit about those before in the past, like they can be just great tools to kind of help you out if you're kind of not sure where your giftings lie, um, and if you don't have people kind of going through all of them with you. So there's about 20 gifts. I didn't even think I knew that at the time. There's love gifts, there's power gifts, there's word gifts. And so after I took the test, my top three came back um, with service, mercy, and giving. And I wasn't shocked by that. That actually all resonated with me. I was like, yeah, okay, that sounds about right. But if I'm honest with you guys, I think there was a part of me that was like a little disappointed and that's kind of embarrassing to say, but I was, I'll just say it. Um, because they were, like, I just kind of thought, well, that's nice. Like, those are nice gifts. Those are nice to have, you know. Um, it's great. But, like, I didn't really see, like, the Lord's power in that um, at the time. And so um, it's been really nice that over the last, like, I don't know, 15, 16, 17 years, however old I am, um, the Lord has really matured me and kind of shown me um, that there is a lot of power in these love gifts. First um, Corinthians talks about this. It's actually in the spiritual gifts context. And it says, if I speak in tongues but don't have love, I'm just a clanging symbol. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith as to move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. And if I give away all I have and deliver my body to be burned and have not love, I gain nothing. The chapter goes on to say that love never ends. Out of, of faith, hope, and love, the greatest of these is love. And the very next verse says, pursue love and earnestly desire the gifts, uh, spiritual gifts. So guys, there's so much power in these love gifts. And so I want to show you that this morning. Like the Lord really wants to wield a lot of power in that. So these are your gifts as well. Like just be encouraged in that alone. Um, that the Lord can use you mightily and powerfully, and we will see that in just a moment. But I also want to distinguish that um, we are actually all called to serve and to be merciful. Jesus says, I came not to be served, but to serve. And then in Colossians, it says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassion, kindness, meekness. He goes on. But he says, put on compassion. Like, I just kind of get the idea of, like, you're putting on a coat. Like, we need to put that on. So we're all called to do these things. But what makes them spiritual gifts is that the Lord sort of gives a greater endowment um, of those things to, to certain people. Um, it's just like with the gift of evangelism. We're all called to do that. But it is also a spiritual gift because um, some people have a greater capacity for that. All right, so let's jump in. Um, we're going to start off with service. This actually comes, um, you'll see the gift of service in the list in Romans, it's chapter 12, and um, this is how we define service at Trinity Life Church. It's the spiritual capacity to reveal God's servant heart. And I'm actually just going to stop right there for a moment. I've been blessed by the fact that we, we're, we're highlighting a character trait of the Lord in each of these gifts. And I just stopped there and really had a, a very sweet time with the Father this week about God's servant heart. And we're actually, we are planning to sort of package up all of these gifts um, at, the very, at the conclusion of, of, this, of the series, I guess. 
And so you'll have all these definitions. And so when you have all these definitions, take time to just stop and whatever it says right after, you know, reveal God's blank for your giftings and just pray into that. The Lord will bless you. I was certainly blessed this past week by taking a look at God's servant heart and um, just throughout the scriptures in my life. It's just ways that I've seen him move. Um, So definitely do that. But the spiritual capacity to reveal God's servant heart by unselfishly helping others through very practical means. So if you have this gift, you enjoy serving others behind the scenes. You're okay not being in the spotlight, not that you can't serve in that, but you don't mind being in it. You're happy wherever you're needed. Guys, this is kind of me here with you today. Like, it's not really my thing. I'm generally happy to be out of the spotlight. But, um, but I also knew that there was a need uh, for someone with these gifts to, to speak to you guys and to pour into you about them. So ultimately, I'm happy to be used by God in this way despite being a little out of my comfort zone. So uh, the next thing, you can see the practical things that need to be done and enjoy doing them. This is just a little example. We were actually at um, Kelly and Curtis's for brunch uh, about a week ago. Kelly made this amazing brunch. It was awesome, guys. And, um, and afterwards, like Mike and Curtis had to go and do some things. Kelly, has a, they, Kelly and Curtis have a little baby, Maya. She's about six months. She's amazing and gorgeous and beautiful. And um, we were all gonna, the guys went off to work and the girls were gonna go to the pool. And um, we, she needed to go upstairs and I can't remember if she was putting Maya down for a nap or doing something, feeding her, I'm not sure. She went upstairs to take care of her and I just started doing the dishes. I just couldn't help myself. Like, she made this amazing brunch and I saw all these dishes and I'm like, man, I just, I'm just gonna, okay, I'm just gonna go do that. Now I know Kelly really well and there's like no etiquette that says you need to like wash somebody's dishes when you go to their house and they leave the room, right? Um, but I was just like, yeah, like I just wanna do that. That just like brought me joy. I don't necessarily have the same joy with my own dishes, but to, for hers, <laughs> I should, but, but for hers, I was like happy to do that. And, um, and she comes down, of course, she's like, you don't need to do that. And I'm like, but, but why not? You know, like, why can't I help you and serve you in this way? So yeah, just really practical things um, bring you joy, right? And with the gift of service. And I see you really sense God's pleasure and purpose in everyday tasks. And you understand and, asp- and attach spiritual value to practical service. So some of you may know or may not know that kind of lead out in our hospitality team at, uh, here at, at Trinity Life. And I've actually really struggled being in Rosedale. We normally meet in another school called Jarvis Collegiate. And I struggled because um, when, I, when we set up the coffee and the big bar, we just, you know, in, in this space, There's a lot of conveniences. It's been our summer cottage. There's AC, which is really nice today. But like, but being in Jarvis, we get a lot more foot traffic. Foot traffic. We get people that come in off the street that oftentimes will just come for a coffee or just come in for a bagel. And I understand that there's some deep spiritual value to that. Whether or not we get to have a conversation, sometimes they just take it and go. Sometimes I get to attempt to talk to them. and sometimes they stay, sometimes they don't. It doesn't matter whether or not they stay for the service. We're happy to, to serve them in this way. Um, so I'm actually really excited in two weeks to get back to Jarvis and um, the heat and all that good stuff. So um, be excited with me because we get to do um, an awesome work for the Lord in that space. And, uh, and I can't, kinda can't wait to get back there. So, um, and then lastly, you take pleasure in freeing up others to do 
what they're gifted in. All right, so what does it look like to operate in this gift as you follow Jesus at TLC? Well, I kind of feel like I'm cheating a little bit here. Our video announcements have really kind of done the work for me on this one, but I think they're going to put a slide on some of the areas where we need, we need people who are gifted in service to, to come alongside us. We've been pushing this summer serve um, initiative, and some of you have come out. Thank you so much. Um, but, but these needs aren't going to go away when the summer ends. In fact, they're only going to get greater as we go into the fall um, because we're going to be seeing more and more people. The university students are going to be coming back. People are going to be coming back from um, weekends at the cottage or whatever, you know, in and out. People are in and out in the summer. So just... Just take time to pray about where you want. And, and this list isn't completely comprehensive. Um, there's so many ways that you can, that you can serve um, sort of in the church, and, and the Lord wants you to do that. So, so definitely pray into it. Um, so how can you develop this gift? Well, first, you want to practice some of the spiritual disciplines, um, specifically gratitude, stewardship, and obedience I mean, guys, if we want to get better at something, we actually have to, have to do it. We have to practice it out. And when looking at these lists of these three, I think really the hardest one for me is obedience. Sometimes I get very, um, I'm just held back a lot by either my own fears or just laziness or kind of whatever it is, but I don't take that step out. Like I, I either hear from the Lord, I go, oh, I have this great idea, or the Lord's giving me this really good idea or something to step out in, and then I just, I don't do it. I get kind of bound up by my own fear. Um, so you've got to practice that. You know, walk out, and I mean, take small steps if you need to, but, but definitely, definitely walk out in that. Um, next is serving on a ministry team in your church. We kind of talked about that. Um, but if that's something that, that kind of scares you, like, the next one is also really amazing. It says, just come alongside the leaders in your church. Um, I've, I've been blessed recently. Um, Mike and I actually have together, but we have, we've had two people have come alongside us to just say, we just feel led to encourage you and pray for you and for an ongoing basis. And so getting those messages is just huge. And that's just one small way that they serve us. And um, it's just had such an impact on us and just continues to, to push us forward in, in what we're doing in everyday, in everyday tasks and means in life and, and conversations. So next, you want to understand kind of what you're good at and then what you should stay away from. Okay, just do some self-reflection on that. Kind of see where you're gifted, not just in the fact that you're gifted in service, but like what are you naturally good at? And then have the know with all to kind of understand the things that, that you should stay away from. And then lastly, you really want to study scripture on servanthood. And um, a great example here is just out of, out of Acts in the beginning of, of chapter 6. It's, this is where kind of this, if you're unfamiliar with the church, kind of the office of, of office for lack of better words, of deacons come and come in. And basically what they've noticed is the disciples are gathering, and then they hear all these complaints that like, the widows, you know, people aren't being taken care of. And so they get together and they ask, and they say, you know what, let's appoint people that can help in this role because, you know, they, they recognize that they're gifted in certain things. And they're like, let's go, everybody find, I think, two, you know, two people that are both full of wisdom um, and full of the spirit. And I like how they make that distinction there. Um, they find people that can serve the widows and, and the people in the church that, that need it so that they can continue to operate in their gifts. And that's just a really beautiful picture of how the Lord works um, in the body of Christ and everybody having sort of a, a, a really nice and significant role to play. So 
What are some things that you need to be careful about in operating this gift? Well, I think the first one is just not, um, or just missing kind of what is necessary. And this is, um, the best example is, is really out of, out of Luke chapter 10, and it's the story of Mary and Martha. And I'll be honest with you, I hesitated to share this story because I actually feel bad for Martha. I mean, she just gets a bad rap. But the only reason that I feel bad for her is because I'm totally her. And so I was like, you've got to share this story because it is, it is kind of the, the, the classic example and you can't, you can't get away from it. And, and so, you know, Mary and Martha are sisters. Jesus comes to their house. And Mary's just sitting at his feet and, you know, like soaking up and listening to his teaching. And, and Martha's running around and she's kind of serving and making sure people are, you know, have everything they need. And, and, um, and then she's so bold. I could never have done this, but she's so bold. She just goes up to Jesus and she's like, do you even care? Do you care that Mary, like, isn't helping me? Like, wow. You know, she just said it out loud. I don't think I could have done that. But, um, but she did. And then Jesus' response is beautiful, guys. He says, Martha, Martha. He says her name twice. When I read it this past week, I was like, I don't think that happens very often in the Bible with Jesus. And it totally doesn't. I looked it up because I, I needed to know. And um, it only happened, like, in Jesus himself in the New Testament only does it with two other people. Peter, when he's going to when he actually like calls Peter out and says, you're actually going to deny me three times before the rooster crows, about before he gets crucified. And then he does it again with, with Paul when he's called Saul. And he says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? So those are very like, significant you know, stories in the Bible. And so the fact that he's doing it again here, what he's about to say next is very significant. And so also one of the cool things about the scriptures is you're, you're able to sort of like put yourself in the story. And so I sort of did that painfully. But he says, Martha, Martha. And so I just thought to myself, and I was just like, Missy, Missy, like you are anxious about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. So if you're gifted in service, you've just really got to watch that you're not so caught up in doing things that you miss Jesus right in front of you. He wants to work in you in that moment and you can miss it by you know getting somebody a glass of water which isn't a bad thing but it it can take away you know I mean just something simple as that it can take away from what from what Jesus wants to do in you so another thing to be careful um, or to be watchful of is not asking for help so um, if you're gifted in service you may be like me kind of an independent person um, I just really struggle asking for help um, but there's a real danger there. Um, first, you kind of say you're no for someone. And, you know, all they can do is say no if you need help. Like, they can say no, and you can ask somebody else, or you can, you know, do what you need to do. But all they can do is say no. It's not anything to be, you know, to be upset about or fearful for or whatever the reasons are. And then you also are sort of, like, selfishly taking away an opportunity for someone to serve. And so you really want to watch that as well, um, because the Lord wants to use all of us, right? And um, if you're kind of doing everything, then, then he's not working as efficiently you know, with, the, with the body. So, okay, how do you encourage somebody with this gift? 
Well, I think that just by acknowledging their efforts and then also showing gratitude will just really go a long way. Uh, somebody texted me this past week just you know, encouraging me about today, and, and she said, um, I think a lot of people with these gifts tend to go unnoticed. And, um, and then she said, she's like, but, you're, but they're really the heart of the church. And I was like, wow, yeah, like that's, that really resonates with me. So if you're gifted in service, it, you, don't do, you, don't, you don't act, um, you don't do anything for acknowledgement. You don't do anything for gratitude. Um, but if you want to encourage somebody in that, it would go a long way with them. So, so definitely check that out. And then, so uh, finishing up on service, we want to look at how Jesus is our model. And so we read the passage, um, and Joycelyn referenced it as well, about Jesus washing the disciples' feet. And I don't know if you remember this, but uh, Michelle used the same passage when she spoke on leadership and administration. And I remember when she got up there, and, and that was a scripture passage, I was like, oh, man, i got to come up with another one. Um, not that that's hard to do. I mean, the scriptures are filled with them. But I was just like, oh, I don't want to use the same one. But then I was like, no, like, I need to use the same one. Like... There's something super impactful about seeing Jesus operate in these two gifts simultaneously. Like, he's our perfect model, and he has all of the spiritual gifts perfectly. And so he led out an example, and his example was an act of service. And Jesus understood perfectly that there was a spiritual significance to what he was doing by practically washing his disciples' feet. And he laid that out for us. And so just want to encourage you to kind of think, um, just think on that and pray into that with the, gift of, with the gift of service. All right, let's kind of move on to mercy. Mercy comes in Romans. It's actually right after service in, in chapter 12. And uh, we, define, um, we define mercy here uh, in this way. It's the sp- spiritual capacity to display God's compassion by feeling both empathy for those in need and manifesting this empathy in a beneficial way toward those who are suffering or afflicted. If you have this gift, you are deeply moved when you see or hear of others undergoing great suffering. I didn't run this by him, and I really should have because I'm about to, tell you, I'm about to talk about just this Greek word, and I have no business talking about Greek, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, um, so a couple of uh, a couple of months ago, I know he's like, "Don't do it." Um, <laughs> no, 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 really not that exciting. But um, so a few months ago, Mike was was talking about. I don't really remember to be honest with you, but so he. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I really don't. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, he he referenced this word, splunkna. I don't know if you guys remember that word. It was like so, it was very memorable to me because it's such a weird word. Like, weird, I don't know. Um, I obviously don't know Greek, but anyway, it's a weird word. And, and, and what it is, is it's just like, it's just like this manifestation of like feeling something like deep, you know? Like, I just remember him doing this motion, and I was like, it's weird, but okay. But like, you just feel something kind of like deep inside of you. And I'm, and when I read, when I read this, I, it just like the word splunked, like came back to me. And so, I don't know if this happens to you guys, but like when you watch or read the news, like it's it's hard. Like there's so much suffering. We're just surrounded by suffering. And so, and that happens to me. Like I feel it deep 
and my Splunkna. I don't know if that's a thing, but um, yeah, I don't know. I was really drawn to that, and and you just you you just feel it deep inside of you, and so you really you, you really just hurt. And we'll kind of get on to, to to some of the next things, but um, with with a gift, if you have this gift, you're ve- you have a very empathetic personality, and you're just you're sensitive to people that are hurting. And when you're confronted by hurting people, your first thought is, you know, how can I come alongside them? And I think this is really awesome to see that, like, for me in particular, but I also think it goes with, with a lot of people that the gifts of service and mercy are often so paired so beautifully together because you, you have this, you have this, you know, you're so moved, like, just deep in you that you feel a call to action. Um, and you want to come alongside somebody. But, but guys, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to do anything. Like you can just come and listen. And you can just come and be present with somebody in their suffering. And that speaks volumes and that is powerful to them. And so just yeah, be encouraged. You don't necessarily have to do anything. And if you have this gift, you demonstrate a patience to uh, patience and a strive to alleviate the sources of suffering, not just a quick fix. You're interested in just wanting to find out the root, you know, to help somebody with that root problem so that they can, so their suffering can be sort of alleviated and, and, and taken care of, and you're in it for the long haul with them. Um, and the last couple of things, you're a good listener. I just kind of talked about that. And then you're also concerned with social justice. So what does it look like to operate in the mercy gift as you follow Jesus at TLC? I mean, one of the most practical ways that I, can, that I can say is to just be a part of the initiative with the families that have been displaced by the St. Jamestown uh, fire. Um, you know, we, we talked about that a bit at length, but there, there are people that would, would be so encouraged by just somebody sitting with them, you know? Um, we've got our new space with, with the new common, and we're going to be trying to use that this week in that way. And if, and if that's your gifting, like, move forward and that step out, you know, take... Go out in obedience and, and take a step of faith there. But guys, you don't just have to look outside the church because there are a lot of people in, in our community that are hurting and they need somebody to come alongside them. So you don't have to look outward. I mean, you can, but there's a lot of people within, within the church as well. All right, so how do you develop this gift? Um, you want to practice the spiritual disciplines of prayer, contemplation, journaling, and fellowship. I think prayer, we all kind of like, yeah, like it's, that's a spiritual discipline that I need to practice and work on. Um, contemplation, I was like, wow, like when have I last used that as a spiritual discipline? I tend to com- contemplate on what am I going to make for dinner? Or what are, you know, what are we going to, what are we going to have? Like that's like kind of my contemplating efforts. But, um, but when I saw this as a spiritual discipline, I was really, really struck that like, yeah, like just contemplate things with, with the Lord. Um, and then journal about them. I'm not so great about that either. I wish I was better at journaling because um, just kind of getting it out and the times that I do do that are really, are really sweet. So um, definitely work on those things, journaling and, and fellowship and contemplation. And the next would be serving in a small group. Guys, our, um, we have small groups at, at our church and we call them our body life groups. And while the Sunday gathering is awesome and it's great to see everybody here together um our small groups are really kind of the lifeblood of our church 
And this is where we have a truer sense of community and where we really just get to share life with one another. This is your opportunity week in and week out to listen and pray for and be present with those that, um, with those that are in your group. Um, so definitely, definitely go, um, you, you really want to be a part of a, a body life group. It's, it's, it's awesome. Um, um, be around those who are hurting. This just, when I read it, it just sounds very obvious, but I think we lack a real intentionality when it comes to being around those that are hurting. And that's often because we can get very complacent in, in our own lives and what we're doing and what we're caught up in. And um, we just have a very, our tendency is to look very much inward sometimes. Um, so you have to be intentional. You have to go out and, and do that and, and be around people that are hurting. Again, we have a very practical way to do that. Um, this past, or this coming up week, um, with our community here, and it's, my bad. Um, it's also just, yeah, it's, 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 it'd be great to, uh, to be intentional about it and to think more deeply about how the Lord wants to, to move you and work you, um, work out in you in, this, in these giftings. Um, pursue a mentor who has this gift. And this is huge, guys. I don't think that we... Um, I don't think we've maybe necessarily looked at the, the gift of mercy sort of in this light that we could use a mentor in it. Um, but we'll talk about thing, you know, a few things you know, when on, the, on the question about you know, what to be careful for, but like, you have a tendency to definitely like overextend yourself in this area if you're gifted this way. Um, I'm actually just gonna kind of go and jump into it now. Like, you've gotta know your limits. You know, and this next, this next statement hurt, especially to, to someone who, who gives this way, but like the solution to every problem isn't always you. Um, that's a tough one. And the solution, you know, isn't always you. Like, um, yeah, I'll just say it again. It's, it's, it's just not always you. And there's other people, this kind of goes back to the sermon, there's other people that can come alongside and there's other people that the Lord wants to use. And so it's not... Um, yeah, it's just not, it's not all about you. I think that's also one of the things that, going back to, to, you know, what I've loved about this series and, you know, reflecting on a characteristic of God, um, is I think the danger in the spiritual gifts conversation is that we, we could just tend to, like, look inward, you know, how we're gifted and what we can do, you know? But we really want to come back to what the Lord can do, what he's going to do through us. And so that's definitely something that... Um, that you want to watch out for. And a mentor, somebody that's gifted in this, can really help you with that. They can help you um, discern where you should go and how you should, how you should operate in this gift. Um, so definitely look, in, <clears throat> look into that. And then lastly, you want to study the characteristic of God in the scriptures. And so this, um, this next example is um, Tabitha in, in the scriptures. And this is coming out of Acts chapter 9, and it describes her as someone who was full of good works and acts of charity. In other words, like she displayed compassion. But she had such an impact on her community that when she died, the, a few of the disciples were gathered, and then they heard that Peter was around, and they were like, well, go get Peter, go get Peter. Like, he would know what to do. But they, they called for Peter, and Peter was nearby, and so he came. 
and the widows are there and they're weeping and they're showing him everything that, that Tabitha had, had, had done. And so Peter clears the room and he says, Tabitha, arise. And she gets raised from the dead. And this is the power that I was talking about at the beginning, guys. Like, out of her compassion, it left this gaping hole in her community, so much so that Peter came and performed a miracle by bringing her back to life because she had an impact, and the impact that she had, the Lord could use her more, and he could continue to do it. So there's a lot of power in that, guys. So just be encouraged. Like, I was so excited when I read that um, and really took time to kind of get, get into that um, get into that story. Um, so just, you know, kind of one other thing to, to be careful for when you operate in this gift. We talked about, you know, knowing your limits, but, but that leads to burnout. And that's something that Daniel talked about last week with, with shepherding. And I, just, just another note on that, like, if you're burnt out, if you're overextending yourself in all these different areas, and especially in this gifting, you're just not going to be building up the kingdom. You're going to be draining the kingdom because you're coming from a place of exhaustion and that's not really going to help anybody you're not really going to be present with somebody when you're too, when you're when you're exhausted you're not really going to listen closely to to what they have to say when you're operating out of exhaustion so that's there's a real danger there and you really want to be kind of careful about that when you're operating in this gift and then so how do you encourage somebody with the gift of mercy that seems that seems kind of interesting but I think people need to be affirmed that it's okay if they don't necessarily do anything. That's also the danger of service and mercy coming together because you really feel this need to do something. Like you just want to do something. You want to, you want to, you want to help. You want to, you want to do whatever you can. You want to come up with a solution. And people don't always need that. So you need to tell people with the mercy gift that it's okay to just be with them, to just be present with them. That they don't have to feel worthless if they don't do anything. That their worth is in, first of all, their worth is in Jesus, but their worth is, is, is in the body being together. And so there's, there's, yeah, that's just something they need to hear. So encourage them in that, in that respect, in that regard. And then lastly, we want to look at Jesus um, as our model with the mercy gift. And so in John chapter 11... This is, um, this is a passage where another miracle happens, but I'll get to that in a minute. But it's where Jesus comes to his friends when Lazarus has died. And it says, it says in the scripture, it says, he was deeply moved in his spongna, but he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. So much that it prompted him to ask, where have you laid him? And then they showed him and then he said, and then the Bible says, Jesus wept. He just sat in that with them. He sat in their hurt, and he sat with them in their suffering. He suffered alongside them. He suffered with them. And he could have stopped there, but it's Jesus, right? So he, it says he was deeply moved again. And then he tells them to roll away the stone. And then he calls Lazarus out, who had been dead for a while, I think. And so he, he brings Lazarus back to life. And again, like, there's just so much power in that, um, 
in these, in these gifts that I think we've just neglected as a church. And so I hope today we've sort of like redefined that for us. Um, so yeah, let's, let's pray. Um, Father, thank you that you do care intimately about us and for us and that you are deeply moved in our suffering. I think oftentimes we forget that. We forget that you're there with us, that you're present with us when we're suffering and we think that you've forgotten us or forsaken us, but you never have and you never will. And so I pray this morning that we would would operate that way with those that are around us, those that you've placed us around, especially if this is your gifting, that we would, that we would just follow your example, Jesus. Um, we love you, Lord. We thank you that you gift people in this way and that you saw beforehand all the different ways that you could use the members of the body um, with all of your gifts. So, Father, we just um, ask that you would continue to bless this time, pour into us more as we step into our response time of just being um, obedient to you. We love you, Lord, and we thank you in Jesus' name. If you want to know more about the TLC community, check out trinitylife.ca or you can find us on Facebook. Of course, we'd way rather meet you in person, so we hope to see you at a service soon.